Wine, Wine Not, a queer podcast. Hey there, I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams. And you are listening to Wine, Wine Not, a queer podcast. Episode two. How exciting. (laughs) I'm going to do my family feud in my office cheer. Yay. (laughs) Uh, They let us back for for another week, which is great. Which uh, means the check cleared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy, why don't you tell our listeners um, what wine, why not is? All right. Uh, basically, we are going to talk about queer stuff. Uh, well, I drink wine and you don't. That is true because I am an alcoholic and you are just a drunk. That's, that is also true. <laughs> that, that, you know, that's what my friends used to say when I would go out and we'd be out drinking all the time. And, um, they would, you know, somebody would question like, hey, are we alcoholics? And somebody inevitably would say, we're not alcoholics. Alcoholics go to meetings. We're drunks, which is why I now proudly say I'm an alcoholic. Well, well I'm not proud about it. I'm just proud that I don't drink anymore. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. And I am proud that I am not drunk because I am only on my first glass. <laughs> so we're going to talk about queer stuff, right? That's yes. our that's that's what we do here. Uh, what queer, what kind of queer stuff can our listeners expect to hear? Well, we're going to talk about our favorite uh, types of media, queer media, favorite movies, TV, books, what we're watching, what we have watched, what we're going to watch. Uh, We're going to talk about headlines. Uh, We are members of the National LGBT Media Association at Watermark, um, uh, which is uh, a collection of regional LGBTQ newspapers across the country. So we're going to we're going to pluck some headlines from a few of our partner publications and see uh, what the world is talking about. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we are, well, like you, like you said, right, we, we are part of this national media organization of newspapers, and uh, we want to show some love to that. We want to show love to, um, to those that are in the trenches, supporting their communities, fighting the good fight. So we want to talk about um, the connection that, that we have with our communities through the headlines and the stories that we're telling, right? And sometimes I can get serious, so we like to have fun and we like to talk about, you know, what's in the movies and what's in TV. Basically, every type of media that we like, right? Correct, correct. All right. So, can you, so, so we work for Watermark, right, which is part of this, yes. this association that we talked about. And Watermark, for those who don't know, is Central Florida's LGBTQ news source. Right, we're a, a biweekly publication uh, for the Central Florida and Tampa Bay area, where we talk about LGBTQ issues or things that are of concern to LGBTQ. Uh, that people. is correct. I am the owner and publisher, and I am the editor in chief. And so that's what our day jobs are, right? So, but we, by night, <laughs> by night, uh, we're a wine drinker and energy drink drinker uh, with two microphones in front of us to talk. Um, so. In our association with Watermark, right, um, we have a job that we do during the day. And so this is a little, this is, this strays from what we're used to doing. So why don't you tell people how that's different from our day jobs to what we're doing right now? Sure. Uh, Our day job is newspaper work. We are journalists. We are activists. We uh, share the stories of our community. And the thing to keep in mind when we share those stories in our newspaper on our website is those stories are based in fact. They are unbiased. They have no opinion whatsoever uh, of whoever wrote the story or any of the uh, crew at Watermark. We are solely based in fact reporting. This show is a little different. This show is yours and my opinion on stuff. We will we will back it up most of the time with facts. <laughs> Some of time it'll be feelings. It'll be gut check time. And uh, we'll 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 kind of say how we're feeling about a certain story, but uh, it's not going to be as fact driven as our uh, reporting in Watermark is. Yeah, and if our if our version of the facts, right? Because we've learned recently in in the world that there are there's just different facts. <laughs> what did not true? What did not she true. call it? It's alternative alternative facts. facts. Yes. So when our alternative facts don't match with reality, feel free to correct us. Shoot us an email at wwn at watermarkonline.com and uh, let us know we're we're always we're here to learn as yes. well right um okay so let's just start off this time 
it's Monday. We record these on Monday nights, right? That's that six do? o'clock. So tell, did you do anything this weekend? This weekend, uh, <laughs> I was supposed to do some things this weekend. Uh, you and I had plans to go to SeaWorld this weekend, and I backed out of those plans because I got a little drunk on Saturday and was not feeling very up to walking around a theme park. So I stayed in bed all day Sunday, although I did make, uh, I was told by my roommate uh, who finished it off, that I made a fantastic uh, a Hungarian chicken recipe that I saw on TikTok. Hmm. So uh, it was funny because I'm not Hungarian, but I had everything in my cupboard to make Hungarian chicken. So uh, I pulled the TikTok up, I made the chicken, and he raved about it, which made me feel good. That sounds delicious. So, I I mean, you TikTok. I, I don't really TikTok. I don't even. I do the TikTok. So I'm hearing this and I'm thinking like, aren't those videos like 10 seconds long? In the beginning, they were like, I think they were like seven, 10 seconds. I don't remember the exact length. But just like Twitter expanded and Facebook expanded, everything expands and they've changed it. So now there are, I, I've seen seven minute videos on TikTok. It's weird because I'll be scrolling through and it's not like they made an announcement. It's like, hey, we're going to let you make super long videos now. I was just scrolling through and I'm sitting here watching a TikTok and I'm like, this has gone on forever. And then I look at the little timer and it's like almost seven minutes. I was like, all right. So apparently they just let you do as long TikToks as you want. I don't know the rules of TikTok. Are you not? You, you're not the one who, who tried to teach me how to TikTok. So, oh, my brother did. You know, and and if any video went on for more than 15 seconds, he'd scroll up and say next. <laughs> if he's like, if you don't, you're going to you're going to get nothing but like seven minute long videos. What did so you just that's what you did on 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 Saturday night. Saturday night you made I Hungarian. Got, no, Sunday I made oh. the hun- Hungarian chicken hungover. Saturday, I prepped myself to be hungover so that I could make the Hungarian chicken. You, you seem to be evading talking about what made you hungover. Oh, I was just hanging out with some friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just hanging out with friends and it, just drinking. <laughs> Nothing nefarious. <laughs> well, I just think if it, was, I was a, if it was you and like three bottles of wine on a couch, I didn't think it, maybe you wanted to tell everybody <laughs> that that's what you were doing. No, 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 uh, no weird alcoholic driven sex cults or anything. Just me hanging out with a couple of friends and I just had too much to drink. Oh, nice. Uh, just catching up. What about yourself? What did you do? Been, been there. Uh, you know, I watched the movie The Menu. Uh, we talked about mm, it a little bit in yeah. the last podcast, but it's not overtly I LGBTQ. I he makes good theme. Hungarian chicken. Well, he, he makes good everything, apparently. But I, it it made me laugh because that one character, that kid from like Jack and the Beanstalk movie who was so into the food was like the most obnoxious foodie <laughs> in the world. And I was like, somebody killed I him. I love that you called him the Jack and the Beanstalk actor. Um, he's been in, he's like Emmy nominated and Golden Globe nominated. He was in that one show on Hulu with the one blonde girl. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I do. It's the great. The great. That's My husband it watches yes. it. He loves it. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't want to get too in the weeds with with that, but I did that. And then, um, you know, I wasn't asking what you did this weekend so that I could, like, you know, publicly shame you for canceling on me as I drew. As I got your text message as I was going into my driveway at like 9 a.m. right after leaving St. Pete at like 7 uh, to get here in time to be able to go. So but it was funny. So I ended up going to SeaWorld anyway. Yeah. Right. And then. Uh, Jen and I went. Jen's my roommate here in Orlando, who is Hungarian and probably would love your chicken. Castle. I'm gonna have to make some chicken. She would probably love it. Uh, and then we, so we go into SeaWorld and we have two missions. One, she wants theme park pretzel, and I want theme park popcorn. We walked over through half of this park. <laughs> And could not find popcorn. So I had to Google, like, do they sell popcorn at SeaWorld? Could not find any. So you know what we did? We left and we went to Epcot. Where I bet I know Epcot they had, had theme, cart, theme park popcorn. They sure did. But the reason I even wanted to bring this up is because it was Festival of the Arts this yes. past weekend. And I have never gone and just walked around for Festival of the Arts. I think once many years ago or like their first or second year, I just happened to be there and happened to watch this Broadway show. Uh, that they do the American Pavilion Theater. It was so good. The whole thing, the food is amazing. There's artwork everywhere. There's live shows here and there. I was a big fan of it. I'm just bringing it up on this because, you know, Broadway's gay, right? 
It's that's queer. what I hear. It's queer enough for me to talk <laughs> about. So I'm going to go next Sunday and just, again, it just kind of really get to experience all the different things. Because we were really there for, we, I'm so old. I got there at four and by 5.30, I was like, haven't we been here for days? This is crazy. I want to leave. Uh, but we stayed. We watched um, the, the Broadway show, which mm, I didn't write her name down. She was the original supporting <laughs> who's the she's a Kristen bell for broadway who what was Kristen? anna princess anna, anna? oh yes on frozen. princess anna yeah yeah so frozen and then there was uh a guy who's like a jack of all trades when it comes to disney the guy's been in practically every uh disney broadway show except for beauty and the beast just so you know that was not off to the side <laughs> you can hear that uh jeremy just had uh just had to clear my throat <laughs> i'm down in this energy drink here and i just feel it coming back up so this will be fun all right so jeremy tell everybody we talked about this earlier uh off of the off of the mics about why we even wanted to do a podcast or what our inspiration was for podcasts what was what's the podcast that that inspired you to want to do a podcast yes now my podcast viewing uh, because I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm several different types of nerds, but I am a news nerd. So most of the podcasts that I listen to are NPR driven. Uh, they're just newsy type ones. My impression of NPR, I haven't listened to them. Okay, yes. so forgive me, I'm a terrible person. No, you're fine. My impression of them is SNL sweaty balls. And that's not far off. Oh, I'm sorry, sweaty, sweaty, sweaty balls. It's um, like This American Life is, is probably my favorite one or Snap Judgment. And they are you have an intro and it's, you know, it is very much ASMR like and it's like, you know, today on This American Life, we're going to be talking about, you know, this accordion player who also saves children who have cancer, it's stuff like that. It's just long forms news stories. But the podcast it almost sounded like you said long form snooze stories <laughs> i was like that doesn't bode well uh but entertainment wise the podcast that really got me listening and on a regular basis like every they would release it once a week and i would go to uh the google play where i get my podcast uh was the weekly planet uh weekly planet is a nerd podcast uh it stars nick mason and james mr sunday movies they're both Australians and they cover movies, television shows, comics. And of course, it's called the, the Weekly Planet because they cover comics. It's a it's take from the 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 Daily Planet from Superman. Uh, but they're I weekly up on that. So, uh, so I'm nerd enough planet. to pick up on. I that. appreciate probably because as nerd things go, Superman's my jam. Uh, nice. Nice. I do enjoy a good Superman, a group of Superman. Even I have a, a very large unfortunately very large superman tattoo on my chest <laughs> that's right you do i forgot about that it was not <laughs> it was not well received by the person i was dating at the time was he not a superman was, fan he was the biggest superman fan our dog was named crypto oh. i thought this is a shoe and he's gonna love this he just don't want you i show up with a superman tattoo and he's like what i wasn't shocked i don't know was he gatekeeping he's like you don't even know who superman is <laughs> I had Superman underwears in the 80s. Nice. I know who he is. Very nice. But uh, what kind of sold me on this is, uh, and I don't know if maybe we'll emulate a little bit of this as we go along, but it's the banter back and forth between the two of them. Uh, and they're talking about nerd stuff. And they do these deep dives into movies and TV shows. And it's it's entertainment up and down the spectrum. But they kind of, their wheelhouse is, is the nerd shit. I, I love but what um, really sold me on it is their theme song in the beginning. And I hear that they're actually changing. I haven't listened to it in a couple of weeks, but I hear they're working on a new one. But the theme song is, <clears throat> and I'm not going to sing it because I have a terrible singing voice, but it's uh, Red Hot Comic Book Movie News Shooting Up Your Butthole. And I'm like, that's the podcast I want to listen to. That sums it all up, right? Yeah. That's everything that you like. That is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I love shooting up your butthole <laughs> with comic book movie news. That is I think you hot. mean you're in the general sense, right? <laughs> we're, we're not friends like that. Uh, yes, not. <laughs> that's, that's not our Tuesday podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. What if we're shooting up your butthole with Rick and Jeremy? 
What's your favorite podcast, Rick? <laughs> uh, you know, mine is my favorite murder. Yes. That's, uh, it is Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hartsart. And they, it has evolved. This is probably why I am inspired by this podcast because it, it evolves over time. Uh, it started off where they're, where they talk about crimes um, that famous, famous crimes that happen. Uh, it's a true crime podcast and it's, it's really interesting. And I like the way that they've modeled their podcast, right? Cause they do some research, they do some light surface research and then they make a lot of it up as they go along too, but they're, they're comedians. They just have this love of true crime. So they, they got together to do this podcast and it is, it is fascinating. It is interesting. But one aspect of it I like a lot is that they pull in their audience have created an entire community of people uh, who share their stories, uh, talk about their connection to true crimes, but then it gets into like really off the wall, cool stuff, right? Like there's one thing that's like, tell me about shit you found in your walls. So people are remodeling and they tear something down and they find something in there. I don't think I've heard one where anybody's found a body or anything like that, but there's a lot of treasures and stuff that they find, which incidentally, I don't know if this is a colloquialism is that the right word for like where they live, but they Tra say treasure, treasure, like, treasure Island was how that would go instead of treasure <laughs> Island. And every time it throws me for a loop. But anyway, uh, I don't listen necessarily to that, to the long form podcast that I do all the time. Uh, sometimes the, I listen to it when I'm driving from St. Pete to Orlando and I call my mom too, cause I'm a good son. So I've turned to, to listening to their minisodes, which is all they're reading emails from things that people send in. It's fascinating. I, I think it's great. Uh, part of the other reason I really like it is Karen Kilgariff is in recovery as well and talks openly about that. They talk openly about mental health issues. They, they normalize uh, their lives for other people. And it is evident by the letters that are written in that it is having a positive effect on the community. So that's what I wanted to do with this uh, for the gay world. Nice. So this, from what I can understand, it's going to be a combination of you sharing your stories to kind of, you know, connect people to your world experiences. And I... And going to talk about things that are shooting up your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wine. The wine. Not. The wine. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I dig it. Before we get into what we're what we're watching now, because that's really the point of this, is to talk about what's current in all these different types of media that we like. Thought it might be fun if we go back and say, what's our favorite LGBTQ movie? Yes, that's a, it's like Sophie's choice. Well, I mean, that's it's not really at all like Sophie's choice. Hers was way more horrible, horrible than this. But, you know, it's hard. Speaking to of pick. gay media, Sophie's yeah. choice is just a bee's knees. So what's your favorite LGBTQ themed movie? You, you told me we were doing this and I jotted down a movie and it reminded me of the television show Friends. Both me and Rick were big fans of Friends. And in a fourth season episode, the boys, Chandler and Joey, are playing Monica and Rachel for the girls' apartment. And there's a question that they are given, the boys are given for, uh, for Monica. No, I think it's Rachel. And they ask, what is Rachel's favorite movie? <laughs> and they, she gives this, like, they give this, like, really intelligent, it's Dangerous Liaisons. Good movie, great movie. And they said, what is her actual favorite movie? And they're like, Weekend at Birdies. <laughs> and I thought of that when you asked me this question, because the first movie that came to mind is, my favorite LGBT movie is Brokeback Mountain. It was a pivotal movie, a historic movie. It changed the way people viewed LGBT relationships in film. But that is not my favorite gay movie. That's what I tell people my favorite one is. My favorite is a movie that came out a few years uh, before that. Uh, it's a Kevin Klein movie called In and Out. And good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good. Movie. Kevin Klein plays a, uh, a teacher, a high school teacher who taught uh, the uh, character played by the actor Matt Dillon, who goes on to win an Oscar. And during his Oscar speech, he outs Kevin Klein's character. The problem is Kevin Klein is engaged to marry a woman that following week. There's a lot of holes in the plot. Like, you know, the Oscars take place in March and graduation takes place <laughs> in May. Uh, but it, you just got to ignore all that. The movie is so good. And it's it's just such a fun 
lighthearted movie with a really powerful message. And it was one of the first gay movies I ever saw in movie theaters. I was working at a, a Carmike cinema when that movie came out. And me and a friend who I kind of thought might be gay, he, I was in the closet still, so we might have just been two closeted kids. But we went into every screening at the point where Tom Selleck, who plays a sleazy tabloid journalist, kisses Kevin Klein because we like to hear the responses from the people watching the movie. And they would, it was in a small little country town, Plant City, Florida. And they, people would gag and they would yell at the screen and they'd say that Jesus was going to burn this theater down. Just so many things talking about how terrible this movie was. And for those who have seen it, it is a lighthearted movie. There is nothing evil <laughs> about this movie. And it just, that movie really set what being gay was. When I came out, that's my thought was that is how it's going to be being gay. Um, so that movie has always stuck with me. I find it super entertaining. Joan Cusack, who plays Kevin Klein's so funny and uh, fiance in it, got nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, should have won. Phenomenal in it. The movie, just from beginning to end, Debbie Reynolds is in it. Wilford Brimley play uh, Kevin Klein's parents. Amazing film. Uh, probably my favorite LGBT film. Good choice. I, it then never even crossed my mind. What year did that come out? You know? 1997. Yeah, I'd never. The year you, that I graduated high school. Did you already said that? Did I? I don't know. I don't. I'm old. I graduated in 97. When did you graduate, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your favorite? Welcome to our movie? last episode of Wine <laughs> One. <laughs> You know, sometimes this is funny. I'm just going to say this real quick, yeah. that there are times Jeremy and I are are good friends. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, but there are times where we disagree it vehemently, yeah. vehemently disagree on something. And I don't know when that's going to pop up. Maybe later. Oh, I know. <laughs> when we talk about the Detroit story. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> like I, I'm waiting for that awkward moment where we're both just like. All right, well, we're going to go home now. Huh. Well, I thought I'm going to talk to you anymore. podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. So what's so, your favorite? Well, I, wanted, I wanted to say something yeah. about oh, it yeah. now because uh, something interesting. I've learned this recently. If you say a little known fact or a fun fact, right? When people say, oh, fun fact, they rarely follow it up with a fun fact. That is true. They, it's really not fun. So fun fact, <clears throat> the scene where... Everybody starts standing up and saying, I'm gay. I'm yes. gay. That's so cool, right? So the first one who stands up, you have to remind me of this. It was his brother? It was his student who he had taken. He was oh. trying to get him a scholarship. But isn't there like a his brother does too? Yeah, one of the scenes is <laughs> his brother stands up and he goes, um, I'm gay. Yes, that one. That guy yeah. and Tom Selleck are co-workers in Blue Bloods on CBS. Oh, you know, that is a fun fact. That was a fact. I haven't seen Blue Blood, so I'm going to assume that's a fact. And that is kind of fun. Yeah. Another fun fact. Tom Selleck was in Friends, one of our favorite shows. Yeah. yeah. You know, Friends is an, is an interesting one. It's This is not what we're here to talk about. But yeah. Friends is one of those shows that was groundbreaking in the sense of its inclusion to a degree of of making people aware of LGBTQ issues, but a lot of that didn't hold up over the years. Oh, there is no. some of it that is just not, that, that didn't hold up. But in the time that it was airing, I think the general consensus was it, that, that it's bringing some issues to light. Yes. I don't want to get into specifics because some of them are awful, uh, but interesting. Interesting about Friends. I, I, I'm a sucker for it. I go home at, when I go home for lunch, I watch Friends. Yeah. Constantly. So my it's interesting the way that you that you talked about what your actual favorite movie is, because now I feel like, uh, did I get what I thought would sound right? But I don't think that I did. I wanted I wanted it to be like the birdcage because the birdcage is classic good and good it's movie. so good and it's so quotable. Um, but it's not. Uh, it's the Broken Hearts Club, a romantic comedy. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. It's uh, it's from 2000. And excuse me while I put on my reader. Put on my so readers. I can read Because it's interesting. I learned some things today. I just, I'll tell you why I liked it. So what what this is, it's, it's about a group of, of friends uh, that I believe they live in West Hollywood and they're gay and, and, and some of them all work together in a restaurant. 
But what ties them together with everybody else is that they play on the softball team that's sponsored by the restaurant. And it's it, for me, it was the, one of the first times that I saw something that wasn't about them being gay. They just were gay. And it wasn't it wasn't this <clears throat> negative um, hate on the gays. It was just, hey, this is a group of gay people. And this is their lives and their and their friends. I mean, it was very stereotypical in in a way. I mean, there was the druggie, there was the the hot straight acting guy, and then the guys that wanted to be the hot guy, and then the twink comes in and gets the hot guy when everybody else wants. And then there, of course, is this like was there a funny fat friend? Close the the other the other stereotype where there was an older gentleman who performed drag who was the father figure to all of them. And it's just this really touching, wonderful thing. And I, I remember seeing that and thinking like, okay, I can do this. Like we'll have, I can have friends. I can have a normal life. And I, I thought it was really touching. It's, it's interesting that I went back to look it up and uh, we're going to butcher names constantly. Sure, on this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You may know this person, um, Greg Berlanti. He was a writer uh, and director of it. And I when I was looking him up, I see that he is a, like an Emmy nominated um, behind the scenes person for Brothers and Sisters, Political Animals. Uh, and he also got his start writing for Dawson's Creek. And I thought, I well, that that's why I love that. But this movie's great. It's got it's got Zach Braff in it. I do know Greg Berlanti. Oh, yeah. He is the, uh, if you watch any, uh, well, I don't think you do. If you watch any of the comic book shows on the CW, The Flash, Green Arrow, uh, Superman, all that stuff. I've got written here. He's CW and WB famous. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he, but he is used the to guy be. behind that. Listen, I don't know if you've ever seen Brothers and Sisters, but this is this is a fantastic show. I think Sally Fields plays the yes. mother in it. Emmy and nominated. Calista Flockhart Or Emmy winning, I think, yeah. There's a, a gay brother in it. It is an amazing, uh, touching, fantastic show, which makes sense that I would like Broken Hearts Club because of that. But I just want to mention Dean Cain's in it, and he plays oh. he plays the the hot gay guy in it. Isn't that strange? Because then he in the little he is uh, a little Trumpian. He is very conservative, and funny enough, played Superman. So there's a there's a DC tie back to Greg Berlanti. Um, <laughs> That's actually my. It's not a Superman tattoo I have. It's a Dean <laughs> Cain's. No, it's not. Um, he also directed Love Simon. So oh, yeah, this guy did. Yeah, God, I love at that right movie. Now. That's a great movie. That's another. That is I, a movie I, picked, I wish existed yeah, when I was in high school. I picked Love Simon as my favorite favorite LGBT movie until I Googled. <laughs> When we were preparing for this, I Googled, what are some popular LGBT movies? Because I was drawing a blank. And the first one uh, in the first row that came up on Google was uh, in and out And I was like, oh, yes. I just want to point out a couple other people that are in Broken Hearts Club because I was surprised by this. I forgot that Jennifer Coolidge was in it. Was she, she? She is. She's the, you know, that stereotypical hairdresser. Yeah. Who, who is the. Um, like uh counselor for the gays. I just Googled the cast. I'm sorry. <laughs> John Mahoney is in it, who was yeah. Frazier's father in, in the TV series Frazier, Zach which is great. Yeah. He plays the um he's the drunk twink. Mm. Not drunk twink, the he's the pill popping twink, the partying twink. That makes that sense. becomes a problem. That tracks. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't know Zach <laughs> I don't even know if Zach Bratz. You gay. know who I get him confused with all the time is Kristen Bell's husband. Oh, they do have a similar similar look. Yeah. Uh and Justin Theroux was in it. Hmm. I'm gonna imagine I'm gonna imagine So was Billy Porter. Yeah, I yeah. just saw that too. And I was like, mm. I don't remember enough Kurt to know Smith who he did. From Dawson's Creek? That's the gay guy from Dawson's Creek. Remember when the, the gay episode? Yeah. Oof. I wonder how he got that job. A closeted gay kid watching that. That that meaning the job in 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 Dawson's Creek. No, in Broken oh. Hearts Club, because he was in Dawson's Creek. And this guy when did this come out? 2000. This was, you're talking about this movie, and I'm thinking the entire time it's like an 80s or 90s I movie. I know, there wasn't much to go off of. Like, I wanted it to be Torch Song Trilogy, because I am a huge Harvey Firestein fan. Yeah. Harvey Firestein was my 
gay role model when I was a kid. He was the only, you know, gay role model. And but, you know, it wasn't when when I when I look back at the difference of them. Broken Hearts Club really stood out to me as 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 yeah. Formative. I will definitely check this out. That's that is a star studded cast. I don't know if it was star studded back when it was uh, when it was made, but it is definitely star studded now. Have you ever been to the? It, it doesn't exist anymore. But have you ever been the Great Movie Ride at Disney yes. World? At the when you're in the queue, there's that big screen and it's playing movie clips mm -hmm. from things, but it's got that old timey movie announcer voice like, yeah. hey, sing it in the rain. And, it, you know, they I don't think that exists anymore. It's more of a, a deeper, solemn voice, I think, that that announces movies. In, I don't care for that voice in in uh, in, in in real time. But I love a high nasally voice. It's I made. <laughs> I made my husband watch the trailer for Broken Hearts Club because I wanted to watch it again before we got to this. And and it's that old time trailer voice that ah, was in the beginning it. of it. And he's like, we're not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, now that we've taken a little trip down memory lane. Yes. Uh, what are the kids watching these days? What are the kids watching? Well, there's actually two shows Recently that uh, I started watching. I know that you've you've been watching them as well. Uh, both on HBO Max. The first one is an animated adult themed Scooby-Doo show called Velma. Now, your description of that, right? I just want to yes. tell people when you told me that I had to watch this show and that was the description of it. I thought, why do you hate me? Why do you <laughs> want me to watch? No, I mean. Here's the thing with that show is I had such high hopes because, first of all, it's created by uh, Mindy Kaling, who you might know from The Mindy Project or The Office. She wrote, wrote a bunch for The Office. She was on, uh, one of the actors on The Office. She wrote this uh, and produced it, and she voices Velma. And speaking of star-studded cast, it's got uh, a, a huge cast. It's, the cast is all these actors who... You may not know their names, but you know you've seen them on shows. So uh, Fred is voiced by Glenn Howerton. Let's play a game. You'll say okay. a name, and then we have to guess what other things they've been in. Okay, okay. Glenn Howerton. I have no guesses. <laughs> I don't know. Most of this you're going to, I think the first page of the cast, <laughs> you're just going to have to tell me. He is then, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, which one is he? He is the one who is not the one with the beard and not Charlie Day. Not the one from, what's that Jason Bateman movie? Horrible Bosses? Ah. Not that one. Okay, I know and exactly who And not the you mean. bearded one who turns out to be gay. I know exactly who The you other mean. one. Uh, Sam Richardson plays Norville, who is the shaggy character. And he is in Veep. He's the black guy with the glasses. Oh. I don't know if you watch Veep, but if you don't, you why really- Why the shaggy character? Why is it, why is- <clears throat> I guess maybe later on they're going to say something about they're going to nickname him Shaggy. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, and then Constance Wu from Crazy Rich Asians and Fresh Off the Boat. She plays I Daphne. I love her. <clears throat> she plays Daphne. And they're they're trying to just be very diverse with the cast, which is great. Um, the uh, the uh, the races are all changed. And uh, there's just this really big push for it to be um, very, very progressive and diverse. Uh, so obviously that automatically shuts the show off for a certain Fox News watching side of the population. <laughs> now, the population that this would be designed for, which would be the progressives or the woke, as we are called on Fox News. Uh, but the show also, while it is very diverse, it is not very good. <laughs> it, is not, <laughs> it is not well written. Well, uh, let's. I think before we get into like what our opinions of it necessarily are, uh, did you want to read what the world is saying about them? Sure, sure. Let me. I have Twitter pulled up here, and uh, a search on uh, just a quick search on Velma. Uh, some of the top tweets that came up was <laughs> a picture of SpongeBob SquarePants screaming into his alarm clock and the tweet says all in caps stop hate watching Velma or we'll end up with eight more seasons just like Big Mouth. Big Mouth is a another animated show on Netflix for those who don't watch it. Apparently this gentleman did not care for 
uh, for that show either. Uh, he is at that boy, boyguma, boyguma, at the boyguma. So if you want to look him up, um, I think you're just making up sounds now. <laughs> let's see what else we have here. Um, there's a lot of people love love their memes. Uh, there's a meme of uh, the Velma from this show, Velma, who is it's a, a parody of that Batman slapping Robin meme. Classic. And uh, the Velma from Velma, Mindy's Velma, uh, is saying that Fred has a tiny penis in the show. And you've seen it. They talk about his tiny uh, dong. He's an uh, yeah, he plays an underdeveloped. Yeah. Person. And she's mentioning Fred has a tiny dong and then old school Velma from the 1960s cartoon is slapping her and oh, it just changed on me. And now I lost it. Oh, no, we'll never we'll never know. She's slapping her. Oh, there it is. She slaps her in the face and her glasses are flying off. She says, Jinkies, shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> OK, so so there's a lot of hate going out there. For yes. This show. All, these are all. Why? Why? Okay. Why, do you hate watch it? I I started hate watching. I watched the first episode with with the intention of saying this show. And I mentioned this to you before the show. This show reminds me a lot of another animated edgy show on HBO Max called Harley Quinn. And I think what it is, I feel like that show was watched by Mindy Kaling and she thought, oh, I can do that with the Scooby Doo cast. And I don't know if it's because Harley Quinn and the characters on that show are already kind of adult and edgy. So they kind of lend themselves to that. And anybody who watches Scooby-Doo, while we have always painted Shaggy as a pothead and Velma as a lesbian and Daphne and Fred as this, you know, promiscuous couple. It's never been explored on the show. So I don't I think that the fact that they're kind of exploring these adult themes on this show kind of is off putting. Also, I mean. I love Mind a lot of what Mindy Kaling does, but the writing on the show is terrible. The jokes are very are very lazy. They're very um, they're just the writing is all over the place. And maybe it's it's and maybe it's because we're in this binge phase of the world where we need the whole season to binge it in one sitting. But this one episode or two episodes a week is not I don't know where this story is going. I don't know what she's trying to say. And all I know is as I watch it. All I keep thinking is Harley Quinn is better. I should put Harley Quinn on. See, now, I don't know. Do you consider yourself a connoisseur of Scooby-Doo? I am a connoisseur of nothing. Um, the my, I enjoyed Scooby-Doo growing up. And in the Laugh Olympics, where they had the different teams uh, in that cartoon back in the 80s, like Yogi Bear was the head of a team. And Fred Flintstone was out of team and Scooby-Doo was the head of the team. <laughs> I always rooted for the Scooby-Doo team. All right. All right. So I'm that much of a fan that I like him better than Yogi Bear. See, now, I expected 100% when I started watching the show that I was going to hate it. Yeah. And what's interesting is I did. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a prude. I mean, this will come up time and time again when we talk about stuff. I'll just say I'm a prude. I don't believe that i mean i know sex sells but does sex have to sell everything and so when i when this when i see this constantly i get annoyed but you know what's funny in the first episode of velma it was nothing so <laughs> it was so it was so much gratuitous sexual overtones mm -hmm. and then they even said in it that they they made a, a reference to pilot episodes of shows putting all of the gratuitous sex in the beginning of it and i thought that was funny and then i thought oh that's gonna go away after this so i start watching the second episode where the opening credits i don't know if you remember this but there's two guys one guy is like got his legs wrapped around the other guy and their tongues are out and they're just licking each other's tongues as they walk around the school and that's just it yeah. for no purpose whatsoever this is happening. But I got to be honest with you and say that. What are we now? Episode four into it? Uh, no, because they do two episodes a week. I believe this was the fourth week. So we're like episode eight. Oh, yeah. Wow. I don't, I've, I just spent an evening watching a whole bunch of it to, to catch <laughs> up. I was thinking early had like, oh, I was like, oh, I got to watch one episode. And then I turn it on. There's like three extras. And I was like, yeah, oh. they do two episodes a week every Thursday. 
Well, I, you know what? I love it. I'm just going to say that. I, it's, it has nothing that I should like. I don't care for animated shows. I don't care for Scooby-Doo. I don't really know what's going on with the main character or whatever, but there is a definite crime that they're trying to solve and that is my favorite kind of tv <laughs> so now i'm so interested in who did you would what. like this so much better if they debuted it on cbs <laughs> <laughs> you know that is not a lie uh my only thing with this show is when are we going to get some scooby-doo in a scooby-doo show scooby-doo has not been introduced we're eight episodes in i don't know if scooby-doo exists in this universe but do I care? I so far I don't care about this universe. Well, that's not what it, that's not what the show the show is about. Velma pulling yeah. together the you know the crew, and it's going to take some time for that. I think it's awesome. You know, I want to point out real quick some of the other cast members in it because I yes. think they're hilarious. Uh, Wanda Sykes and Jane Lynch play Daphne's parents, uh, which they are a lesbian cop couple, the Cagney and Lisi, if you will, yes. of the show, and I think they're funny. Uh, I. Who did I think that was? I didn't think it was Jane Lynch. That was somebody else. And I had to look it up and I was like, oh, that is Jane Lynch. I love that. One of my favorite actresses is Nicole Byer. I love her and nailed it. Uh, I, I started watching The Grand Crew because she's in it. I don't know if you watch this show. Do you I watch don't. The Grand Crew? I do watch Nailed It, though. Uh, Grand Crew is hilarious. It's about this, this squad of, uh, it's like friends, uh, but it's a black group of friends. And there, it is just so clever and hilarious, and I love it. And it's supposed to have more episodes, but it's it's one of those things where it's I feel like it's been five years since a new episode's been on, and I'm like, yeah. come on, let's go. I love that show. So Nicole Byer is one of my favorites, and and she she plays uh, one of the high school students in it. No, she's Norvell's mom. Sorry, which is the Shaggy character's mom. So that's really yes. cool. And then Fortune Feimster is Olive, which is one of their friends. And Fortune Feimster is hilarious and deserves a mention for her role in that as well. Yes, the support, the, the, the caliber of actor they were able to pull in is astounding for this show. Yeah. And the fact that they can pull up that caliber of actor for such terrible writing. <laughs> so if you'd like to hate watch a show, this is it. Then this is Jeremy good... says you should watch this show. Now, see, I like this show just because I'm interested in it now. So if you watch it and you're like, this is terrible. Well, you should know that I have terrible taste in entertainment. <laughs> but what is not terrible taste in entertainment, I hope, is that we're going to talk now about The Last of Us, uh, which is uh, a show on HBO Max right now. It's based off of a video game, which, you know, it's interesting. Do you remember years ago when I bought a PlayStation 4 yes. and I bought those chairs and, yes. and everybody was like, oh, you should get this. You should get this. So I, I bought all of this stuff, spent an insane amount of money on it. Much more than I should have, just because I was like, well, I'm not going to the bars anymore. I guess I'll sit at home and play video games. And I popped in a Star Wars game and I played it for like five minutes. And that was it because I couldn't. I'm not good at them. There's yeah. way more buttons than I'm used to. Like an Atari had one button. So, oh. you know, so I just didn't play it. But I had The Last of Us as a game that people told me to buy, but I never opened it. And then probably a month after I bought it all, I gave it all to my brother. It uh, yeah, it's um, you really should have played that game. The game itself is great. It's an amazing game. It's one of the best games I think I've ever played. Came out in 2013. It's uh, it's along the lines of. The Walking Dead, you watch The Walking Dead, yes. I know that was a very popular show, zombie apocalypse uh, shows and, and movies and, and comics are super still popular. I mean, we're going on 15 years, I think that uh the walking dead came out and 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 just kind of spurred this huge popularity not that they weren't popular before but this one takes place uh a little different the zombies are a little different and the storytelling is a little different but it starts with joel it's terrifying it is it is way more terrifying than the walking dead ever was and I'll, i'm gonna tell you why right off the bat yeah. what i love about this show we'll get into the lgbtq part of it in a, in a minute what i love about this show in general is that it starts off in the 70s, two scientists talking on a show. One's talking about a pandemic of a virus that's going to take down people and you got to be vigilant about that. And then the other scientist is like, this guy's lying. None of this is going to happen. Here's how it's going to go down. And it, I don't know if there's any fact in this, 
but the explanation of what is going to come is so terrifying. And that's that instead of a virus taking over people, which, by the way, no zombie movie that I've seen really ever explains why there are zombies. Yeah. This show in the first five minutes says this is going to go down and this is how it's going to go down. And, and how it is, is that a fungus is going to take over a body and it's going to control it. It's going to keep it alive. You're just enough to feed and then control it to to spread and expand. And, you know, everybody's like, well, that's never going to happen because a fungus can't survive in human body temperature. And the guy's like, yeah, until temperatures rise and then they're going to get used to it and they're going to take over the world. So that's just sort of the first five minute setup for what's about to come. And then it happens and it's crazy. Yeah. Shit breaks loose. Um, and it's it's. The terrifying thing, the show itself is terrifying, like you mentioned, just the 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 way that they allow, lay out that this can happen. But then when you go back and you Google things, like the they talk about how funguses communicate and they can communicate miles away, all of that is true. And it makes it even more terrifying that this is all stuff that can that does happen within funguses. Fungi, I think is what they're called. Yeah. Uh, but the the show, it's been on for three, it's done three episodes. Uh Joel is this uh uh this kind of uh, hard broken man if you haven't watched the show you need to watch it so i won't tell you why he's broken but they tell you in the first episode why he's such a broken way nicer than me i was just about to say (laughs) oh it's because blah 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 but you know we can do we can we can not give spoilers yeah i don't want to give i'll give spoilers to velma all day long but this show is good and everyone should watch it so i won't give spoilers well give it a spoiler in velma's like giving a spoiler in titanic (laughs) i'm gonna find out who killed velma's mother and i am gonna tell everyone but the show, it's 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 phenomenal. The the it's and I think this is what really sold The Walking Dead in the beginning, is you have this dystopian future zombie apocalypse, but it's the personal stories of the people. And those are that's what brings you back week to week. Yeah. And, and this week, oh Yeah, and it, that's what we're here to talk about. Yes. It's episode three. Episode three broke me last night. Yeah, I feel, I don't want to say this every time we sit down in, in front of these microphones, but I, you know, and I said about the whale, I left a broken man. I don't know that I was broken or just inspired. What an episode. Yeah. It's, you know what I like about it, too, is it's not like in The Walking Dead, you had you had Jesus, right? Jesus was a gay character. He was in, in The Walking Dead. And there's that there's that gay. There was a gay couple in there as well. This was. This wasn't, oh, there's some gay characters in here. This was a full episode. A self-contained gay love story in the middle of a post-apocalyptic wasteland. It was beautiful. So who who's in it? All right. So Nick Off- Offerman, for those um, who watch. Oh, good Lord. What was that show he was on? Uh, not Office. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Okay. So he was in that. Sorry, he's married to Amy Poehler. Yes. No. no, he's married to Megan Mullaney from. Oh, Will and that's Grace. right. Oh, that's right. He plays Bill, who is this conspiracy theorist, survivalist, turned out to be right. So it's a good thing he's got all the guns and the knows all the survival techniques. And he his town gets evacuated and he sets a perimeter up around his little town after the they get evacuated from the, the apocalypse, zombie apocalypse. And he sets up all these booby traps and he's living alone. He's loving his life and he's going along. And one of his traps are triggered and he goes to investigate, thinks it's a zombie. He's called a zombie. And it is a gentleman. And I'm going to pull his name up here because I don't remember his name. But he did. He won an Emmy last year for The White Lotus. Oh, I have it right here. His name is Murray Bartlett. Yes, he won an Emmy last year for for The White Lotus. Bartlett. 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 Um, This guy, he was in Looking. I don't know if you've seen Looking, oh, I but not. was that was that HBO? That, that was, was HBO. HBO. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to remember because they don't advertise in local LGBTQ media. Oh, but, um, zing! <laughs> <laughs> but this show, but he Looking was was one of those. It's a show I watched when I was getting sober, so it meant so much to me. Uh, but he was phenomenal in this. They both were. The here's the thing to keep in mind with this is when because uh, it's based on a video game, as we mentioned, but the video game brushes over this relationship in fact you don't even realize until it's too late that they're actually a gay couple frank is dead as you're playing the game the entire episode is told in flashbacks so in the game 
you meet Bill. Frank is dead. You don't really know who Frank is until Ellie finds a gay porno mag in the back of the truck that Joe gets from him. It's a whole thing. But watching that episode and seeing these two characters who you only saw a little bit in the video games. I mean, you saw more of Bill, but there's no backstory to the both of them and seeing their entire, I saw a tweet uh, earlier that compared it to the beginning of up that Pixar film, the beginning of up 100%. It's a gay 45 minute telling of these two men's lives in the middle of this shit. It's this beautiful love story in the middle of, of literal hell on earth. God, it's so touching. The only thing that, like, I don't know about you, if you were all teary-eyed, when he, at the very beginning, right, he pulls him out of the, he catches him in this trap in a well. He pulls him out of the trap. Um, he's like, okay, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to get you, you know, what you need now, and then you're going to go on your way. Yeah. And it's that time there when they had that meal. Right after that meal, there was that piano scene yeah. where the 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 guy who was captured, sorry, you know their names. <laughs> Frank, Frank yeah. sits down and he's like, oh, this is I haven't seen a piano. While. I'm going to play the piano. And he pulls out the Linda Ronstadt song and starts playing it. And then. What's the other guy's name? Bill. Bill, Bill says, no, no, don't play that song because it means too much to him. You know, as a gay man, that song meant too much to him and he didn't want this stranger to play it. So then he sits down in this moment of complete vulnerability. And he plays this song, and that's when they know, they know, boom, that's the beginning of, of their the rest of their lives. And the, the whole thing plays out, their entire lives play out. And it's just so amazing. The only thing, if I was to say that I had a problem with, is that in the context, which which must be an amazing thing for the actors to play off of, but in the context of that, that this is hell on earth, I'm sitting there thinking, this guy's going to kill him. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like something bad's going to happen. But it didn't, and it was just beauty and and love and survival, and it was, I, I just, it was so touching. Yeah, it's, and, and there was a lot of people on Twitter last night comparing this to different love stories seen on television, and it is no exaggeration, and there were hundreds and thousands of tweets about this. This was not only the best episode of television that I've seen in a long time. This may be the one of the best episodes of television, an hour of television in the history of television. The, the fact that you can tell such a emotional, tight, wonderful love story surrounded, it reminded me of Titanic. It's this beautiful love story of just these two people with this tragedy happening around them. And... I mean, it just it's it's the best gay love story I've seen since Brockback Mountain, which is my favorite LGBT <laughs> movie ever. You know, uh, I just want to, to piggyback a little on what you had to say there. In this show that is not an LGBTQ show, it is not the storyline that it's LGBTQ, right? They take this entire episode and they make it LGBTQ. It is yes. it is beautiful. Now, I will say. There's a lot of changes they made from the game to the TV show. However, if they keep a lot of the same kind of storylines and themes, the show's about to get a lot gayer. I'm just saying. It's about to get a lot gayer. And I'm, I'm going to say for for those who are queer inclined or who queer enjoy. I like that. <laughs> or queer, who enjoy, if you're queer inclined. Or you enjoy the queer story. Uh, if you watch the first episode and you think this show isn't for me, watch the third episode. Stick with it. Just watch it. Just skip to the third. It doesn't matter what happened in the second one. You know, if you're not going to watch the show, don't watch it, but watch this episode. Yeah. It's just it's it's so touching. So I want to to move on. We're we're nearing the end of the podcast and we we have this habit, right, where we will talk so much about entertainment. We don't get to the other part, which which you know, is about our jobs, basically. The headlines. The headlines. So let's talk. Let's let's pull a headline. I think we got three options here. You pick the one you want to talk about. I think we need to talk about Madonna. Let's Madonna. do it. Madonna. Madonna. She's making headlines these days. Where did she go? She, I mean, <laughs> she, she, okay. We're going to have a problem here. <laughs> uh, no, Madonna has done more for women in music than I won't say anybody, but she is definitely in the top five most influential, most important musicians for females, but also in general. 
I mean, you have the the holy trinity of musicians of the 80s. You've got Madonna, you've got Prince, you've got Michael Jackson. That was the 80s, those three. Uh, you had subsects of other things, but those were the three superstars, I think, that really, really helped mo- moved music into the 90s. And uh, just, they, they made things their own. And Madonna has announced that she is going back on tour. And it's not just any tour. It is... And I want to make sure I got the name of the tour here right. The Celebration Tour. And it is a look at for the past 40 years. It's 40 years of hits. So she's not promoting a new album. She's like uh, the last tour she went on. It's not a playing of the new album with a couple of the hits. This entire tour is just the hits. I just want to, to point out real quick that we were pulling this headline from Pride Source, uh, Pride Source which is the publishes Between the Lines. Between the Lines is the LGBT news source for... Detroit. And this uh, this article is by Matthew Rettenmund. I apologize if I've got that name wrong, but this is the queer. This is about Madonna, right? The queer lives she has changed. Why Madonna still matters to LGBTQ plus people. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes, so we'll try to to really hone in on what we have to say about it, because I know we have a little bit different of opinion. Yes, and, but you tell me why you what you, well, what first of all, I had, a, I had a, mile, a, a reminder of how old I am today. I was reading this line out of the story, and it says, for many fans, we were stands before stands were stands. And I went up to Jeremy, and I said, is this a typo? Do they be fans? And he's like, no, <laughs> stands is what the kids say, and I wouldn't know anything about that. So, you know, I I, I stand the fact that you didn't know what Stan was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a big... <laughs> I was surrounded by people who were big Madonna fans my entire life. But like I said earlier, I was, I'm a prude and I don't, you know, in, in, in my, in my cursory view of seeing what she had to offer the world um, at, at the time was selling sex. Now I can look back and I, I read this article. It's a great article. It really talks about why that mattered. And, and, and you know what, after reading it, I gotta say, I agree. Now, am I the biggest Madonna fan? No, but let me, I'm going to read to you what, what he says here, which is great. Um, now, unfortunately, some in the LGBT community are saying, who cares to Madonna, taking her for granted and even at times trying to erase or demonize her past efforts. This is largely because the culture has become so permissive that concerns about appropriation have taken over. Um, and I, I'm like, oh, do I fall in that category, but I love this. I would never argue that Madonna is above criticism. Uh, she... She has said and done dumb things. Nobody scrutinized for 40 years, let alone an artist committed to chaos agency uh, fails to fuck up. I thought that was, you know, that was really great. Um, But there's a thing in there that says, you know, you don't have to like her, but you also don't have to hate. And I think that's a good message for people just in general. I was not a fan. I'm a fan of every song she sang in a movie, but it's probably because I'm a movie fan. Crazy for you. This used to be my playground. I mean, she's. She's definitely talented. She's just not my cup of tea. I'm yeah. not going to rush out to spend, you know, a car payment on tickets to see her song. I am too responsible to spend a car payment on Madonna tickets, but I am not above begging others to. So if anybody wants to take me to see Madonna, the Tampa show is already sold out. The only other place in Florida that she's going is Miami. She sold out the first day. She added a second date. So if you want to get two tickets, I will go and I will be very, very grateful. I'm not going to say what I do, but it involves the whole shooting up your butthole thing from the from the beginning. <laughs> is that um, is that from uh, Truth or Dare? Did they do that in Truth or Dare? Yeah. Oh, can I just a- say the announcement of it was very cringe. It's Madonna sitting around a table playing Truth or Dare with a bunch of celebrities. Um, Amy Schumer is one. Jack Black is one. Uh, there's some rappers in there. There's some stand up comedians. The video is very cringe. Whoever is her publicist really needs to to re relook at how they. Um, how they they decide to announce that she's doing a concert because I will not watch that whole video. So we're going to wrap up here pretty soon. And I just want to say, if you got you got opinions on Madonna, send us an email to WWN at watermarkonline.com and let us know what those are. We might be able to we might devote a few minutes to this uh, next go round. Um, but I do want to say one of my favorite shows is Saturday Night Live. And do you yes. remember that skit that has. Um, uh, it's called What's Up With That? What's up? Yes. Where Jason Sudeikis comes out and he's dancing in his, you know, red jumpsuit. Yes. And then there's a character that they're always they always invite back on the show and they never get to him. And it's hilarious. <laughs> his name's Leslie something. I don't know. Uh, but it cracks me up. And so I feel like 
our Leslie is going to be George Santos because for we two will, weeks now we've talked about he's how, been on the list. We will talk about him. So we, we'll get to I think we'll we'll hit up a couple more headlines next time. Yeah. <laughs> a little less of the entertainment. Maybe we'll start with headlines and move our way in entertainment. But we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to us and check us out next time. Yeah. Uh, until next time, make sure that you are supporting your queer media and support the businesses that keep them in business. You're here. All right. Until next time, the cork is back in the bottle. That works? All right. Why? Why not? A queer podcast. <laughs>